Hey church, Merry Christmas to you all. You've made it. You've made it through 2020. Well done. I think, I think there's a different sense in the atmosphere over Christmas this year. It's, it's one of relief, you know, the time together and the holidays and stuff. But I think actually the world, especially in this part of the world where we're at this, this stage, free of COVID-19, there's a sense, oh, phew, we've made it. Uh, just a sense that, thank goodness, 2020 has gone, or just about, uh, and we're looking to the future. And, uh, and I think actually there's another sense in a lot of, I'm just getting this vibe around that, that rather than Christmas being about the, the presents and the, and the eating copious quantities of food, although it will evolve those things, that there is a sense that actually we're just thankful for being able to gather together. And actually, I think so that's something that lockdown has, has done, is that actually just coming together at Christmas is a special time. And it's, a, and it's a privilege. I just read on the BBC today, they're going into heavier forms of lockdown uh, throughout England. And so much of Europe and the rest of the world is still struggling and unable to gather and to do the things that we're just taking for granted. And uh, I think, yeah, people are just realizing the importance of relationships afresh, which I think is, is healthy. And I think if you ask, I think they did a survey on, on New Zealanders and we know what Christmas is all about. And, and most people said, well, it's about spending time with family. It's about coming together. Um, and, and I think that's great. I think that's cool. But I think that's only half the picture. I think actually if, if Christmas is just about coming together, then we've missed a vital ingredient. Uh, it's like having Christmas dinner without the new potatoes. It's just not the same. Or, or Nana's, Nana's trifle without the sherry. Uh, my Nana used to put too much sherry in her trifle, uh, especially for little kids. Because, <laughs> you know, Christmas is more than just family time together. And if it's just family time together, sometimes those family times can be fraught with danger as well. Because how many of you know that sometimes families coming together, uh, well, it's not always. There's, there's a degree of animosity, a degree of uh, uh, let's just keep these parts of the family at a safe distance from one another. Um, and, and the key ingredient that, that those family gatherings need and that we all need at Christmas is love. And it's actually what Christmas at its essence is all about. And if you've been paying attention to what we've been preaching through uh, two weeks ago, I preached about John the Baptist and about word around joy. And today we're bringing it to completion with love. And it's essentially what, what, what Christmas is all about. And love came down at Christmas. It's a beautiful um, poem that you may know. I think we might even be able to put it on the screen. I'll read it to you. Love came down at Christmas. Love all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Star and angels gave the sign. Worship we the Godhead, love incarnate, love divine. Worship we our Jesus. But wherewith for sacred sign, love shall be our token. Love be yours and love be mine. Love to God and all men, love for plea and gift and sign. Love came down at Christmas. That is 
the message of Christmas. But it's not a soppy romantic love. It's not like love actually kind of love. Those of you who think that's the best Christmas movie in the world, you're wrong. Uh, Die Hard is obviously a a Christmas movie. (laughs) And there's no debate around that. It's the best Christmas movie. And it's more a diehard kind of love that we're talking about as well. It's more a, it's more a, 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 you know, a grounded love with action and not just soppy romantic feelings. And and I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about diehard, but I'm going to I'm going to talk about love as it pertains to Christmas. And love actually is shown at Christmas in so many ways. And we're going to unwrap some of them. See what I did there uh, today for you. Yeah. I had to point out my own joke. Uh, so, so let's just dive into it. Yeah, well, I'm a dad four times over, so I'm allowed to, uh, especially at Christmas. If not now, when? Um, so, love came down at Christmas. What was that love like? Well, firstly, I just want to say that love was humble. Love reaches down. Love came down at Christmas. It just it blows my mind. Creator of the universe little bit of baby. Like, how does that work? It doesn't really work. I mean, especially because human babies are really quite useless, like even more so than other mammals. Like most, generally they have four legs, so it helps. But, but human babies, like it takes us at least a year to learn that skill. And then we've got, we've got to be, you know, carried around. We've got to be fed. We've got to be changed. We've got to be protected. We're, we're useless as babies. No babies here to offend. Oh, there's one up the back. Sorry for that. But we are. And yet here is God, all-powerful. And he comes in the form of a helpless baby. That's a risk, right? That's a huge risk on God's behalf. But he does it because love is humble. Love comes down. And just the change of status involved in that just blows my mind. From sleeping in heaven, angels at his beck and call, to sleeping in a feeding trough with smelly animals all around him and unwashed shepherds. But it's very deliberate because that is the kind of love that we are to show. It's the greatest example of, of, of humility that we'll probably ever see. God choosing the most humble way to show his love to us. And that's how we are to love one another. God is actually asking us to take the path of downward mobility. I, I talked about this a few weeks ago, and it's a, it's a challenging concept to actually go, you know what, I need to take myself down a few pegs and just love the people around me, regardless of how they're treating me, regardless of their status and my status and power, um, how it works in your workplace or wherever you are. Actually, we're called to come under people and lift them up. That is what... Jesus coming to earth was all about. So how can you, just just making it personal, how can you humbly love those around you this Christmas? how, How can you maybe serve someone in your workplace or in your family? Maybe even someone, your neighbor, someone you don't get on with. How can you love humbly this Christmas? Maybe it's choosing a step of forgiveness. I guarantee you, at this time, when families come together, there will be some families where forgiveness needs to happen, where there is reconciliation that needs to happen. Possibly you're not even inviting or being invited 
to get, gather with some parts of your family. Maybe there are some parts that you just don't talk to. And I understand that, but understand this. God will judge those people for their actions. Maybe they've done some unacceptable things, but God will judge you based on your response, on how you respond towards them. And Jesus was pretty clear. People, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Ouch. Ouchie, Jesus. It's pretty, it's pretty uh, black and white there, or white and blue. So it's pretty clear, though. Forgiveness is, I reckon, the most beautiful form of love that we can show. But it's also the hardest. But it's actually what we're called to do. Love came down at Christmas. We need to come down from our high moral position, our high horse perhaps, and come down and just say to that person, hey, I know things haven't been great between us. Let's start afresh this Christmas. Hey, I just want to reach out. I know that maybe I've said some things. You know, we, yeah, there's always something that we can own. Yeah, they may have hurt you more, but there's always something we can own. And I think coming in that, in that grace and that humility is, is the way forward. Because life's too short to hold grudges. Life's too short to, to have that animosity between you and your loved ones. So it's gotten awfully quiet in here, but uh, yeah, I'm. But that's the kind of love that we're shown. That's actually forgiveness was was Jesus' mandate when he came to the earth was so that we could be forgiven. So what better time than Christmas to show forgiveness to those around us? So love reaches down. Number one, number two, love interrupts us. Who likes being interrupted? Thank you for not interrupting me. Uh, but no, nobody likes it, right? I just want to encourage you, allow yourself to be interrupted this Christmas. The angels interrupted the shepherds, right? And the shepherds, they just rolled with it. They were like, cool, let's go check out this baby. Now, this week, um, I got three lambs, so I can now identify with shepherds. I'm, I'm now technically a shepherd. Uh, so if you need sheep herding questions, just uh, come to me, uh, and I'll direct you elsewhere. <laughs> but so I can speak with fresh authority on on sheep. They're not very smart animals, um, and uh, and they do need looking after. Um, and old-fashioned shepherding ways were were not like how I do it with fences around them and a water trough, and you just go to it and do your own thing. Protected the sheep from wolves. No. Possums are going to eat my sheep, so I'm okay. So, so actually, they had, a, they had a duty there. But in that moment, if they'd just gone, oh, no, I've got my duty, I've got my thing to do, I'm on my task, they would have missed out on the best night of their lives. They would have missed out on the most amazing experience. They would have, and, and I think too often we, in our busyness, especially at Christmas, we miss out on those God moments. We miss out on those amazing times when God just, he's just, can I interrupt you for a moment there? I just want to speak to you. I just want to encourage you. I want to bless you. I want to show you something. I want to reveal Jesus to you. 
And we're like, no, no, I've got my duty. I've got my things to do. I've got my sheep to look after. Sorry. Sorry, angels, heavenly host. Um, I'm not being interrupted right now. Often, often it's those times when God interrupts us that are the most special, the most amazing times that we have with him when we allow God to interrupt us. Can I just encourage you, this Christmas, just let, you know, put aside all the busyness and let God come in. Let God interrupt you. Let God come into that space and speak to you. Can I also say let people interrupt you? It's perhaps easier to let God interrupt because then we can just like have some nice God moments. But letting people interrupt you, that's harder. So to all those task-focused people in my world, not looking at anyone in particular, uh, <laughs> let, let relationship trump your schedule. Mm. I even used his name. Let relationship trump your schedule. That, that thing you've got to do is less important than the relationship you are to have. Yeah? That task that you have is not as important as the relationship you have to build. And I know you can't, you know, you can't reduce relationships down to tasks, but if it helps, <laughs> use it. See, actually hanging out with, with that person, that's, that's a task tick. Yeah, you can do that if you like. Because getting the stuff done is actually not that important. How about you see getting the stuff done as actually building the relationships this Christmas? That's the stuff of Christmas. That's actually the stuff of our lives, is building relationships rather than doing the little tasks on your checklist. The stuff is far less important than the relationship. And again, some of the most precious moments of love coming into your world are when you take the time to go, actually, I'm putting my schedule aside and I'm just going to be with this person. I'm going to hang out with my child. I'm going to spend time with my friend. I'm going to bless them in some way. I'm going to be present in this moment. I'm going to take my eyes off my phone and I'm going to engage. So what are some of the, what are some of the ways that you can do that this Christmas? Just doing something for someone out of the blue. Just allowing yourself to be interrupted. It can be the smallest thing. I was just heading into work um, one day this week, and I opened, you know, some other people coming, and I swiped card myself, and then I opened the door for someone. And then, then I ended up following them up the stairs. And, um, and she said, oh, thank you so much for opening the door. Nobody does that nowadays. I was like, really? <laughs> I didn't actually know what to say. It's like, oh, okay. But it was just the smallest way that I could serve that person. Uh, where, where can you let God just interrupt you? I was driving, again, work. Um, I was driving back from Pleasant Point and I'd been seeing a kid there and I saw a car parked on the side of the road and there's a, a woman changing a tire. And I drove past because it's 100K zone. I didn't cause an accident. But then I was keep driving. I was like, oh, I should go back and help this person out. I should. And I drove for quite a wee while. <laughs> having this, as you do, Having this little debate, oh, they'll be fine. Someone will also help them. Oh, they're just about finished. Oh, look, I'm on work time. Oh, no, no, you know, all the excuses. And I was like, no, actually, I'm going to turn around. So I went back, and I was like, go help this far rather than that. And so I came up, and she'd just she'd, she'd done most of it. And so she was a lady in her, probably in her 70s, and she was heading to the uh, same place I was going, Timaru Hospital. But she was going to see her father, who'd fallen, broken his hip. He was 97 or something. And uh, she was coming from the Mackenzie country. 
And uh, yeah, she'd got a flatty. And so I managed to help her. To be honest, she had it pretty under control, but I was able to, you know, add my massive muscles to strengthen. <laughs> Why are you laughing? That wasn't a joke. They were bigger than hers. Come on. <laughs> 70 year old lady. I hope they were. But, um, and, and she was so appreciative. And, and yeah, it was just such a blessing to her. And I was like, man, that did not cost me much. It cost me five minutes of my time. Um, but I allowed my schedule to be interrupted. How about you allow your schedule this Christmas, because I know you've got presents to buy. If you're like me, you haven't started. You've got a lot of presents to buy. You've got things to do. You've got things to make and bake and stuff to do. I get that. But allow yourself to be interrupted. Where can you let God and people interrupt you? Maybe it's just doing a small act of kindness for someone. Maybe it's giving some of your time. Maybe it's giving some of your money. I love that we, we generously gave to uh, Women's Refuge a few weeks ago, gave some presents there, but there's a whole lot of need out there. You could give some food to the food bank. You can serve in some way. Um, maybe even, I don't know, they're doing a Christmas dinner. Uh, they are, yep, you can serve in that um, on, on Christmas Day. There are so many ways you can, you can give back this Christmas. But just let, let God, let people interrupt you, and be okay with that. Be okay with that. All right, that's number two. Number three, love enters into our mess. Love enters into our mess. You see, the love of God doesn't just humbly come down. It doesn't just interrupt us. It also enters into everyday life, into the craziness of life. See, the shepherds and Mary and Joseph, you know, we've, we've glorified this, oh, this amazingly beautiful scenario, and uh, we see it backwards through rose-tinted lenses. But actually, it was, it was not at all according to the plan of Mary and Joseph. If you think about it, if you're going to host the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, King of all the universe, you're going to prepare things, hopefully, a little bit of forethought, uh, make things kind of nice. So probably Mary and Joseph had a plan. You know, they'd get their house all tidy into a reveal party because they knew, right? Right? Probably the first ever gender reveal party could have happened then and there. I don't know. They'd put money aside, supplies. They were, you know, they were making things ready. That was their plan. I'm, I'm reading into it. But I imagine they had a plan. But then the census thing happened. You read the start of Luke, and they have to trek back to Bethlehem, the ancestral hometown, and it's packed because everybody's having to do it. And it's like the roads at Christmas. Um, like they're going, you know, it's, it's hard going, and potentially there's a donkey that they're riding, which isn't very comfortable for Mary. Potentially there's not even that because it's actually not mentioned in the Bible that there's a donkey. So she's either walking or riding a donkey for days and days. And then when they get there... There's no room, like there's actually no room for her. And so she, they're dirty, they're tired, they're hungry, and they're homeless. And then Jesus comes into the middle of their mess, comes the Savior of the world. And we celebrate it like it's this beautiful country scene, but actually it's not at all romantic. It was probably some little ugly cave type room, smelly with animals doing their things. Uh, so it's a mess that God came into. And can I say, that is what God does for us. He comes into our mess. 
and he's supposed to come into our mess. You're not supposed to clean it all up so that Jesus can come in. Too many of us, we think that's how we should approach God. So I wasn't, thankfully I wasn't here, but we've been um, potty training Ida. We thought we had potty trained Ida. We thought we'd done it. But then lately she's been just kind of having these moments where she does poos and unicas. And so this particular time, I, I guess she felt bad about it. So she tried to clean it up herself. And oh yeah, oh yeah, so she's in her room, she's taken off her knickers, and she's gotten wipes out, and so there's like poo and wipes with poo all around the room. Thankfully I was not there, may I tell her that, I just heard the story. Uh, And I think God sometimes looks at us, and he's like, stop it, stop trying to tidy up your in your life, actually, you're making a bigger mess. You're making it far worse. I can, I can vouch for the fact that it was far worse than if, you know, even I had done it. I would have done it tidier than that. But that's what we do, right? I'm like, oh, I've, you know, I've got to have my life together so that God can use me, so that God can can deal with me, so that I can find forgiveness, so that I can walk in his ways. No, you don't. Mary and Joseph and the angels, I'm sorry, the shepherds, they, they, just, they were just living their lives in the mess of their lives in some pretty uncontrolled circumstances for Mary and Joseph. And God came in and he changed everything. And I think we need to allow Jesus into our mess. And we're going we're gonna to take some time, we're going to worship him in a moment, and we're going to just spend some time inviting him in. Because how many of you know, the Holy Spirit will not push his way in. He's not going to force himself upon you. But when you open yourself up to him, then he can come in and he can deal with some other stuff. And I don't know what that mess is. It'll be different for each of us. Some of it's relational mess, some of it's financial mess, some of it's your own emotional mess, some of it's spiritual, some, there's all sorts of mess, but God wants to come in and help you with all of it. Stop trying to fix yourself, and can I say that, he won't fix all the mess in one go. It will come again, just like Ida, <laughs> it will come again, and hopefully this time, it will go in the right place. Uh, we're training her to do that, but yeah, let's, let's allow God in to deal with that mess. My fourth point, and can I invite the, the band up? It would be awesome. So love enters into our mess, and finally, love is glorious. Love is beautiful. Love is, the love of God is like nothing else. I want to read to you some, some scripture, because I haven't read you a whole heap, so I should, because um, I'm a preacher. Luke 2, 8 to 14 says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. 
Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. There was a glory that shone around when the love of God came into the world. It is a glorious, glorious love. And beyond the presence and the food and the family times, we need that love to come into our world at Christmas. Nothing, absolutely nothing compares to the love of God that is shown to us in Jesus. And His coming and the life He lived and the death He died. There's no, no thing in the world that can compare to that. I just love, I just love what He did. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You know, Jesus calls you and I friends. Because He didn't just come into the world to show us love in the way He lived. He came so that He could show us love in the way He died. That He could buy us our forgiveness through His death on the cross. And sometimes we just need to stop and reflect on that love. Like the shepherds, we just need to go and gather and worship Him. So why don't you stand to your feet in this moment? I just want to read this to you now, going on in Luke 2. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, this is the shepherds, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen Him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. That's our mandate, church, to go into all the world and to testify to things that we have seen in Jesus. Let's just take a moment and just revel in His glory this morning. Let's take a moment and worship Him and adore Him in this space. Come on, let's sing.